praise God. We bless you today. We bless you today. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. I'm Brother Chris. God bless you. Listen, I'm just going to share with you. I'm so excited to be in front of y'all today. I'm excited that y'all came out to hear a word. I just want to let you know the type of person I am. I'm interactive. So I might ask you to say some things and repeat after me and you can get with me when it gets good. You can praise the Lord when it's time to praise the Lord. This is your service. Amen. Amen. This is your service. We want to make sure that you leave here and that you have received what God has for you. Because he loves you enough to have a word that's tailored just for you to change your life. Are you ready to hear the word? Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm a worshiper, so we can stay in praise and worship for a while. But I'm glad he did his work in his praise. So thank you. He is worthy. Today I'm going to talk to you about protecting a life that matters. Say protecting a life that matters. I know you hear in the news black lives, blue lives, red and yellow, but right now in God's life, your life matters. So say my life matters. You see, when you get that understanding that my life matters, you live your life in a different type of zone. You, you, you live your life in a different type of way because you have an understanding that when my life matters, I have purpose, I have design for a reason, I have value. And the problem is we want people to put value on us when we don't have value on ourselves. We want our lovers to value us. We want our family to value us. We want our boys and our people on the street to value us, but their value means nothing if you don't understand that you have value regardless of who's around you. Regardless of who's in your life, if it's just you and your French poodle popo, your life matters. The problem is, is that in order for you to understand your value, you have to understand that value comes with a system. And when there's a system that displays the value, they say my currency here in the United States, a dollar is worth a dollar. But if I was to go to Costa Rica somewhere, the value is different, right? Because of the perception of where the money came from. I need you to understand that your system of value is not the world, this world. Your system of value comes from who created you and spoke life into you. You see, when you understand that, then you understand why there is so all out heck coming at your life. It's like there's a bombardment coming at you. Every time you try to stand up and do something right, you get knocked down. Every time you try to step into the right and move into the right lane, you get knocked out because it seems like it's World War III trying to hit your house. Am I talking to you? And you know what? You, you, when you understand why you are, then you understand why the attack is so strong. 
I want to give you a scripture. And the scripture says in Luke chapter 22, verses 31 and 32. And it says, and the Lord said to Simon, that's one of his disciples, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you. This is Jesus talking to Peter. He says, but I prayed for you that your faith fail you not. And when thou art converted, strengthen your brother. What is faith? Okay, that's part of it. What is, what is faith? Okay, she, she know her Bible back there. She said, she gave me Hebrews. She said, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not. Okay, all right, anybody else? Faith, that describes faith, but that's not faith. You're good, you're close, that describes faith. Faith, you said never giving up, eyes in action. Faith is an action word. Faith is your corresponding, suitable, appropriate action to what you believe. How do I know you got faith? Is your action. So he said, I prayed for you that your faith would not fail you not. You see, Jesus was around them long enough to show them how valuable that they were. Because where these disciples go, deliverance happens. When the disciples were gone, they would shake up the city. Where the disciples would go, people would get healed from their situation. When they needed provision, provision would go. How many people want to be like that? That type of value. So he said, everything I've taught you, he says, when the time comes, I pray that your faith, your action, your right actions won't fail you. And then when you get to where you need to go, you need to strengthen your brother. You see, your life matters so much because it goes beyond where you are right now. Each one of you can turn a nation upside down. Not only can you get your household in order, but your household can turn the nation upside down. But the problem is, is you're looking at yourself at your current situation. Don't look at where you are now. Say, where I am? Where I am? Is temporary. These Again, when, when you realize that your life matters, you get a higher sense of purpose. You realize that you're here not just for yourself, but once you get to the place that you can stand strong in faith in what you believe and who you are, you will become a vehicle that will become able to strengthen the next person. And the reason why the attack is coming on you so heavy is because the enemy wants you so distracted for your identity that you don't see the identity of who you are that he can keep you so off-kilter that you never fulfill the purpose that God has for you. When you live a life that matters, you live your life a whole different mindset. So I'm going to talk to you about three areas, and I promise I won't keep you long. 
but three areas that the enemy is attacking you. Because once you know, once you know where you're getting attacked, are you going to let the attack come the same way? You see, the Bible says that the enemy can't get to you unless he binds the strong man. That means if you knew a robber was going to come to your house at 440, it's 449, how would you be? Come on. Y'all in here, I know. Come on. I, I know I got some riders in here. I'm coming to rob your house, and I was foolish enough to tell you what time I'm going to rob the house. It's legal in the state of New Jersey to be prepared. Aren't you going to be ready? Are you going to let the enemy come into your house and take what is rightfully yours without a fight? My question is, what have you been doing up to this point? Because I'm sure he's, when you understand what he's supposed to be doing, he's after three areas of your life. You see, he's after your purpose. Say purpose. He's after your power. And he's after your relationship. Say purpose. Power. Relationship. Purpose. Power. And relationship. I'm not going, I'm here to tear the wool off the eyes today. Because I want some ready folk, ready to fight for your purpose like you were fighting for your corner. If you would fight so hard to protect your corner, when you realize how much your life matters, don't you think you're going to fight even harder for life? Because what you don't realize is that God has everything for you in, in, in his corner. Because the Bible says in Romans 28, 27, he says, all things work together for the good for those that are called that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose say all things, all things. work together, work together. For, my for my good all things, all things. work together, together for my good, my good. All, things all things work together, together. for my good. my good something what does the scripture say don't let nobody tell you that everything ain't gonna work out for you. What do you say? All, all things work together for my all things work together for my good. So that means where you are right now, when you line up and start loving on God, all things because there's a comma there. When you decide to love on God and get right with God and allow God to come into your heart and allow him to drive and guide you, all things start working together for your good. That means the things that you don't even understand why God is working together. But you said, my father did this to me. My boyfriend did this to me. While I was here, this happened to me. And then when you make that shift, he'll even turn that around to work together for your good. How resilient will you become when you know who's backing you? You see, he wants your purpose. When, we, when, when God created you, do you know that the Bible says that God created you in his image and his likeness? 
So when you, if you're believing where we are right now, and we're saying that we're believing that God created us in his image and his likeness, is there anything more valuable than God? No. Am I deficient? Is there any deficiency in God? Is there anything lacking in God? No. So you're at your highest point of value is when you know you have purpose. When you have purpose, you know what comes into factor? When you, come, when you have purpose, a sense of purpose, then everything that happens to you comes into line. How many of you ever had a job that you hated? Okay. How many of you know your purpose? Okay, some of y'all know your purpose. I like that. Those of you who don't know your purpose, you're suffering through a job. Those of you who know your purpose, you know that your job is preparing you. Those of you who know your purpose, when situations start to get heavy, it says, I'm being strengthened. You know what? I, I'm, I used to be out of shape. I'm still out of shape, but I'm, I'm speaking faith, right? But you know, because my right action is I just started going to the gym. All right? So when I know if I do the right actions, it gets, what, tough in the beginning, right? So I start complaining for the whole week that I start weight training. But then my faith is, I want to get rid of my gut. <laughs> I know the purpose, the purpose, the purpose of me working out is what? Because I want to get rid of my gut. So when I, I'm in the gym, and I'm, I'm, I'm in the gym for a month, and I'm looking, and the gut's still there. It seems like all the muscles around the gut is all right, but the gut's still there. But my faith and my expectation is saying, gut gotta go, why? Because I'm starting to do my crunches. I start to do those little things with the ball. I'm starting to go, I'm going there doing my boot camp. They're doing, I'm, I'm, I joined the UFC gym, so I'm boxing. My arms are getting to the point where I can't fit my t-shirt right, but my gut's still there. <laughs> but I know the purpose of the workout is to what? to build strength and to build muscle. And what I didn't realize was because the only time that I see my abs is when I don't stretch and I start doing a whole bunch of push-ups and a whole bunch of sit-ups and all of a sudden I cramp up. You ever had that feeling? And then you see your abs and it's like, wow, that's what I want to be, but it's painful. But it gave me a little motivation because I knew beyond the flab, you're like, look at him, he said, this skinny boy. But you're like that. Beyond the flag, there was muscle that was being developed. And that's what you got to realize beyond the situation that you're going through. It may not look like the situation is changing, but when you walk according to faith and you're saying, my faith is not going to fail me because each day God is bringing me further and further and further and further and further and what's starting to happen is the muscle starts to show up. But you got to be consistent. You got to be in this God thing beyond the bars. I'm not talking about prison life conversion. You know how they say we all... You go by and say, I found Jesus, and you're talking about, I found Jesus, and they're like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of y'all not saving it, y'all didn't save the day, and they're going to say, I found Jesus, Jesus found me, and your family's going to be like, yeah, 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 why? Because they're looking at where you are, but you say, listen, I got something that's real, and beyond that, I found the purpose behind it, and you know what, as I start working my faith, it's not what you see that's valuable in me, but it's what Jesus had already shared. He said, I'm, I'm stronger than I believe I am. 
because I'm just like him. So the devil does not want you to have this mindset because after a while his attacks don't scare you. When, how am I going to say this right? It's like you getting bullied, right? None of y'all got bullied before. I'll, you know, I'll, say, I'll say I got bullied when I can. And that's like, yeah. Alright. So that's like dude is hitting you. Every day you're getting beat up. And he walks away with it. Every day he's coming to beat you up. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, one day you learn a block. Every day that beating's coming the same time. One day you learn, okay, I ain't had no stance before. And you know the fight's coming. The next day, he's there and all of a sudden, he's throwing his jabs at you. You block, boom, he ain't ready for that. Final day he comes out and you're doing, boom, boom, up, boom. You start doing combinations on him. He's like, you coming and getting your beat down every day? But you look at your enemy and say, your beat thou is just making me stronger. The enemy does not want you to see him in that light. Because that that means every day you're prepared. How do we prepare for the fight? We get the word of the one that created us in our spirit that says nothing shall separate me from the love of God because you're protecting the purpose on the earth God sets you to be light he set you he said let your light so shine that they will see you and glorify your father in heaven because of what you're doing where you are do you know that you can be a light in this prison right now We have enough people in this room right now to do a revival. And a revival is not us all shaking on the floor and, you know, rolling and having a Holy Ghost good time. A revival is when you get God's thinking in your spirit and you want to display heaven on earth. That means when your sister here is going through something. And let's say this row, y'all all know each other. I don't know how this is going y'all leave here, but say y'all all know each other. And this sister here needs encouragement. You wanna know how revival will start when y'all start working in purpose? When you see one of you down, you say, sister, let's pray about it. Let's huddle about it. Let's go on here. I got your back. You know what the Lord is in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You got power enough to stand in there. Brothers running around here, you get news and your family's falling apart. And you see your brother having a hard time and you know this world here is going to see each other. Y'all come to church, hopefully not just to get out the cell. And you sit there and say, hey, brother's having a hard day, man. These walls are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Yo, brother, come on, let's do this right now. In the name of Jesus, we just thank God. You do the sun sets free. It's free indeed. We declare this. We declare purpose. We declare health. We declare life in our brother right now. And as you grow in love towards each other, you're fulfilling his purpose and you're being the light. And he's going, do you think the enemy wants to see that happen here in Camden? Do you think that the race, the riots, the fights, the sex, the bloods, the crits, whatever the colors are now, do you think he wants you to be able to be light enough 
to attract any of them groups and save and deliver and heal. Purpose. And then when you learn that you walk in his purpose, his provision will start to walk into your life. So those things that you think that you don't have and you need God to break through in your life, you have to become a point of breakthrough for someone else. Because when you become a point of breakthrough for someone else, he becomes a point of breakthrough for you. How many of us need a breakthrough right now? breakthrough and I believe that as I'm being a breakthrough for you God is going to be a breakthrough for me because I'm doing what purpose I left my notes for too long <laughs> hallelujah so you got to start playing for keeps because the devil is playing for keeps so we said he's coming to do what to take away your purpose he said, your purpose, your power, and your relationships. Good, 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 class, good. So let's talk about power. He's come to take away your power. What power do you have? If you realized how much power you had, we'd tear this place out. You know that you have the power to not only encourage your brother, but he said, you have power to heal the sick. If you pray, he said, go into the city and pray for the sick and they'll be healed. So how many of us know people that are dealing with depression? We're going to talk about things. We're going to pray together and we're going to believe that we're dealing with depression. How many of us are going through depression? Listen, I've been saved and went through depression. But when you realize the fight method, we have to fight back. Because we have power. How many of you sick of seeing these movies where the devil seems to be winning? That's not the reality. The devil doesn't have any power. Has no power. We give him too much credit. Too much credit. You know what the devil does? He's an influencer. He's a manipulator. The only power that the devil has is the power that you let's say it again the only power that the devil has is the power that you now y'all all know the story of Adam and Eve in some way you heard it when you were growing up in church God placed them in the garden and did what he said Adam Eve you can have dominion over everything the whole earth is yours the whole earth is yours. Don't touch that one tree is mine. Don't touch it. And that's funny because what happened? They ended up doing what? They did what your daughters do. They did what your sons do. They do what you do. Where God says, don't. Mama said, don't touch the stove, anime. Don't touch the stove. And what does anime do? Anime touches the stone. Why? Because in your mind, you're automatically thinking when someone says don't do something, that they're trying to keep something from you. But that's not what the scripture says. God is trying to get things to you. He gave you all of it. 
I took my nephew out. This is funny. I went to, um, what's that indoor place? The Fun, fun Plex in Mount Laurel. Everything you need in one place. I said, hey, okay, guys, all right. Listen, I'm, and that's an expensive day, because I sat there and said, okay, you get the water park, we got the bowling alley, we got, we got all the rides. We just don't have the arcade today. Because he told me, I'm going to go on the rides, I'm going to go on the rides. You know, the first thing the little kid said, I was mad. He said, but we can't go on the arcade. I gave you all of this. <laughs> it's human nature to try to have everything. But God says there's some things that's just for me. And some things that he takes from you is to protect you. He tells you not to do it to protect you. It wasn't that the tree of good and evil was anything. It was there to protect him. He already made them like him. But the enemy comes in to try to steal the power that you have. And the funny thing about it is he uses the same trick every single time. Throughout history, he only has three tricks that he uses. Now, once I tell you the trick, you're going to be prepared, right? Are you going to fall for these tricks anymore? All right. Good class. Good class. Good class. You see, first John, I'm going to jump in and tell you what it is. First John, I like to get in my scripture where you go. He uses the same trick. First, he said what? He said, <laughs> all right. I thought that was to me. Sorry. Uh, John, First John 1, 2, 16. Where did the scripture go? He said, all there is is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those are the three areas that the enemy does. Lust of the flesh is I see it, I want it, and I'll do whatever it takes to get it. We had that idea? I see it. I want it. I'll do whatever it takes. Who is a good example of that in the Bible? David. David was just chilling out. He's supposed to be fighting his war. He's supposed to be somewhere else doing his duty. And he was just chilling out, looking on the roof. And he saw this honey sunbathing nude on the top of her property. And what did he do? He said, I want it. I see it. And I'll do what it takes to get it. And what he ended up doing was he ended up almost giving up his kingdom over something that's temporary. You see, when you understand your purpose, his purpose was to be on the field of battle, leading his troops, not taking another man's wife. And don't get it twisted when we say lust. Don't get it twisted. When we say lust, we always think sexual. But lust is a, lust is a strong, overwhelming compulsion for something. You can lust after food. You can lust after power. 
You can lust after stuff that you don't even have that you want. So let me not get so religious that we're thinking that lust is just um, booty shorts and, you know, one night stands and, can I say that? <laughs> you know, I, I done said it, so it, it's, it's, it's temporary. It's not those things. It's so much bigger than that. So lust of the flesh is when we develop a strong desire for the things of the flesh that satisfy your flesh. Lust of the eyes. That's when we start coveting what other people have. Jesus was took him to the mountain when he was being tempted. He was, the devil was like, listen. And he said, I'll make you ruler over all the kingdoms. And, and Jesus sat there and said, um, well, one, once I, once, once, you don't got the revelation of my purpose. All this is going to be mine anyway. You see, the enemy wanted him to forfeit early for something delegated power that if he gave the power to him, Jesus would have to serve him. But Jesus knew what his purpose was. He said, when I die on the cross and I rise again, all this is going to be mine anyway. So I'm not going to covet what you have right now, even though what you have looks right, because only a point in time is going to be mine. So you look at how I apply it to my life. Stop coveting what other people have. If you do what you need to do, your life is going to turn. And if you start walking in the purpose that God has, if you walk in his purpose, what comes after the purpose is God's provision. God takes care of his. God is not a reprobate father. He is not an illegitimate father. God birthed something. He said, I will take care of the works of your hands. So you have to trust in God that he's going to take care of of what belongs to him. Say, God takes care of what belongs to him. I belong to him. Therefore, God takes care of me. Is that simple? Is that simple? And then that's that pride of life. I got to get things. I got to keep things. I got to want things. I want, 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 want. So all you see those, those, those attacks coming, every sin is attached to those things. Trying to get you to give up what God has given you already. You're like, well, I want to have a right relationship. I just can't seem to find the right man. Stop giving it out to everybody and maybe everybody else, the right man will come. Vice versa, brother. I want to find the right girl. Stop going around to everybody. <laughs> Start walking in your purpose. And you attract the right one. When you understand the purpose of being a woman, and you understand the favor that comes on your life, the Bible says that a man that findeth a wife finds a good thing. He finds favor. Favor means that when you hook up with the right woman, What you couldn't do on your own, you can now get. So when you understand purpose, then you understand 
I can't go on booty calls for the rest of my life. I can't do that. I gotta stop that now. I'm saved today. After today, what's today's date? July 22nd. July the 22nd, when you get saved today, if you're not saved, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm waiting for my favor. Purpose. Did I make that plain? Yes. That's plain, that's good. All right. Lastly, we said the enemy is after your. He's after your. He's after. Oh, let's see, we got this together, class. He's after your what? He's after. He's after. Ah, y'all, good class. <laughs> Relationship. That's important. That's more important than the power, and that's more important than the relationship. You see, when you have a relationship, that means you're tied to the person, and then what that person has, if you have a relationship with, that person in the relationship says, whatever you can't do, I can do. Whatever you can't do, I can. Whatever you can't cover, I can't cover. Salvation is not that deep. Salvation is not that deep. Salvation is based off of a relationship that was broken because someone else gave up their rights to the relationship. But God loved you so much that he said, I'm going to make preparations for you. That I'm going to make a way that I'm going to love you so much I'm going to have to give my best so that you can not only have life, but you can have the God kind of life. Again, he loved you so much, he could have burnt the world up and started over again. But he knew that you would be here. And you know what? He says, whatever I birth, I got to take care of. And I love you so much that I'm not going to turn my back on you. I need my partnership back so that the world can function right again. You know, the Bible says that creation groans. The world, you say in polar ice caps are melting, it's the world groaning. Earthquakes happening, it's the world groaning. You say all these things happening around the world, the world is saying, get right. Walk in your sonship. Walk in as the daughters of creation. Walk in as the original Adam and Eve did with the full power. Of God. Get back into your, excuse me, your, your rightful place. Your relationship with God. Reconnect with Him. The world is waiting for you to find your purpose, your power, and who you're connected to, your relationship. That's important. That's the reason why the enemy's firing at you so hard. You had a rough day and he didn't want you to come here today. Because he knows once you get this in your spirit that I'm reconnected not to a religion, but I'm reconnected to my creator directly. And that he is going to source me. He is going to energize me. He is going to equip me. He is going to protect me. He is going to surround me. He is going to keep me. He said, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. A mighty fortress is my God. He is my refuge and my help in the time of trouble. 
is my life. He's my shield, my protector. His glory surrounds me. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by my God. The power of your relationship. You see, when you understand that you have a relationship and that salvation is the key that you get restored back to your relationship with God, then you understand that my relationship has benefits. See, my relationship, oh my gosh, my relationship has benefits. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Whew, I just got lost there. Ah, hallelujah. My relationship has benefits. The first benefit of your relationship is the servanthood matter. You're a servant. You look like servant. I didn't say slave, I said servant. It's different. You start serving in the kingdom, but you serve as God's ambassador. You know what an ambassador is? An ambassador is someone who represents the home country on foreign soil. So he wants you to be an ambassador, but he wants you to serve in the kingdom and he wants you to rule down here like you rule up there. He wants you to demonstrate down here on earth like he does up there. So say service. Servant. The second one is you become sons and daughters. You have family benefits. You know that once you become saved, you have direct access to God. That means you don't have to go to anybody. In your cell, you can say, God, I need you. And he's like, what? God, I need you to help me. He said, when? God, I need you to heal me. Okay. You have direct access. In Hebrews, I think it's chapter 3, verse 16, he says, we can come boldly before the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace in our time of need. Boldly means you don't have to crawl. You're a son. You don't have to beg it from God. You can say, God, this is, this is your daughter. God, this is my son. It's not, do you hear me? It's, I know you hear me. I know you're working this out for me. God, I'm just bringing it to your attention. Does that make sense? So you got servants, you got sons and daughters, and lastly, you have friends. He said, when you become my disciple and you start to do the work, you no longer are a servant, but you are my friend. And that's the one thing that I think we kind of don't think of God as. We don't think God in friendly terms. We see him as a God that sits high and looks low. But that's not my God. My God is the God that in the midst of my fire, he stands with me. In my hardest situation, he's my comforter. He's my friend. He's the one that got my back when everyone else is there. When you think your friends and family did you wrong, you know that you can do no wrong because my comforter is always there. And you know what he's always telling you? Who you are, what you can be. You still have matter and you still matter to me. 
So when you understand that you have power, when you understand that you have purpose, when you understand that you have a relationship, does my life matter come into a better perspective now? Because we're not looking at this from a worldly situation. We're looking at it from my source and my value comes from him. Amen? You know what, I'm just gonna share right now a special time, and this is a special time. I wanna pray for those right now where you are that don't know Jesus. And you don't know Jesus as your savior. You don't even know him in that connection of that relationship, but you want to. You saw the benefits of being with him and how God is always with you. And maybe you've never heard that growing up in church the way that you heard it today. But God is wanting a divine partnership where he can walk together and he says, everything that you need, I am. You need me to love, I am. You need me to keep you, I am. You need a deliverer, I am. But that benefit is tied from you coming in out of your situation and saying, God, one, I need you. I, I, I know that I'm not right and I know that I need you. If that's you, and today that you want to, for the first time, just say, I, I want to give my life back to you. And today, start all over again. God, I want it to be just you and me as we walk through this thing. Can you all bow your head? Don't look at the person to the left or the right hand. But if that's you, could you just raise your hand and I can pray for you? I see your hands. I see your hands. Hallelujah. You can put your hands down. This next call is for those that know better, but you walked away. You know better. This is not new to you, but you haven't been able to walk in this because you've been distracted by the hellfire that's been coming into your life. And you've been distracted. And it's all right. Because you know the promises that God says, He says, I take care of what's mine. I take care of what's mine. That even when you decide to walk away, I've made a way for you to come back. And while there is still life in your body, you can always come back to me. So for those that have wandered off but want to come back, I want to pray for you too. Could you raise your hand so I can see you? Amen. Amen. I see your hands. Amen. So I want you to repeat after me. Say, Father, I need you in my life. Restore our relationship to the back the way it was supposed to be. I accept what Jesus did for me. He died on the cross for my sins. I confess my sins today. I open my heart so that Jesus may come in. And that your spirit may fill me to live the life on earth that you have for me. Thank you for everlasting life. Thank you for new life. Thank you for saving me. And just give God some praise where you are. Hallelujah.
welcome. Thank you. Thank you. God bless 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 you.